When life happens, plans need to change. Shaping Change, hosted by certified financial planner Ross Marino, is dedicated to helping financial advisors better serve their clients when life takes those unexpected turns. Today, we are Shaping Change with Ashley Kwame. Ashley is a licensed marriage and family therapist and the founder of BAM Financial Consultants, where she helps financial planners like me understand what people think, how they feel, and how that drives financial decisions. Hello, Ashley. Hey, Ross. How are you? I am good. It is so nice to finally have you on the show. Uh, Anybody who does a Zoom with me, especially clients, uh, they know you, but they don't actually know how they know you. And that's because they have seen me pick up this mug over and over that says, think, feel, do. And we talk, think, feel, do. And occasionally someone says, where do you get a mug that says, think, feel, do? Well, you actually get that from Ashley. So let's start off with, how'd you come up with think, feel, do? Because I love those three words together. Yeah, so it comes a lot from um, the mental health side, at least of therapy. So um, I can't truly claim that it is my brilliance, but it's an intervention that I have used for um, more than a decade with clients, particularly with couples to help them just understand how the dynamic happens, um, you know, what's going on for each partner, what's going on on an individual level for individual clients. So um, it's kind of the brainchild of a lot of uh, experience, but also some of the greats in uh, emotionally focused therapy, and cognitive behavioral therapy. Today, we're going to talk about one of the biggest changes, one of the biggest transitions that most people go through, and that is retirement. And as we're preparing for retirement, today specifically, we're going to talk about couples or partners or married people. And it's sometimes a challenge to talk about what you're thinking or even wonder what is retirement going to be like. And I know it's important to talk about what my hopes are and what my vision is for retirement. How about we start with some tips on what's the best way to enter into this conversation? Gently, um, <laughs> for for starters, there's a lot of research out there from the Gottman Institute that talks about when we are bringing up tough topics for retirement, for example, is gently gentle startup is what they call it, but gently bringing things up. So having a softness to it. Um, sometimes couples are notorious for just coming out the woodwork and blindsiding maybe their partner uh, with a particular topic. Um, and the harder the topic or maybe more emotionally charged it is, uh, it is better to gently bring it up uh, or lead them in uh, a little bit soft, a little bit more softly. I think it's great advice. And I wish I knew that 32 years ago when I got <laughs> married. So the whole gentle part and, and also just the whole black and white part saying things as a matter of fact, when uh, maybe you could be a little gray and, and tiptoe into things a little bit more. But, uh, you know, I'm young enough. I, I'm working on that. So there's hope for my wife and for myself along the way. <laughs> we'll keep working sure. on it. But a- as we're talking about sharing your vision and, and your hopes, how about we start with why is it so important for people to think through what they're going to do in retirement and then communicate it with their spouse or partner? The retirement is oftentimes that pinnacle for many individuals, but certainly couples that they've been perhaps thinking about or dreaming about for a very long time. Um, maybe that's been overt, maybe not, but they have some sort of vision that's been crafted uh, there. And the closer that they get to that point, usually the more specific it is uh, in terms of why is it important to think through it. 
most of the time in our life, I find that we live on autopilot, meaning that we're just going, we're just surviving. And so to come off of autopilot and be a bit more intentional in our thinking around what we want this chapter or season to look like will ensure that we're better able to be able to have and or do the things that we've wanted. When we think through that more intentionally, then we need to communicate that with our partner. Uh, There's this assumption sometimes that just because two people live in the same house or share the same bed, that they know what's going on with the other one. And we often find that that's actually not really true. So um, couples sometimes are notorious or partners for dropping hints um, or being really subtle uh, about it. Uh, and I'll hear those conversations of, I told you that 10 years ago that I wanted to be able to do that. And you know, lo and behold, the other is like, well, I didn't think you were serious uh, <laughs> about that. And, you know, while we're talking about it in a humorous way, this can really create a lot of tension and friction uh, for couples. So being able to have, you know, just the intentionality of thinking through it on an individual level, but then the next step of communicating that not just once, but over and over again, this needs to be a conversation about how we are preparing. What do we want our, what I call our wealthy marriage vision to look like during this season? I recently recorded a webinar where I talked about reimagining your retirement and thinking about what you want. And I used an illustration of going around a corner where if you look around the corner, you can't really see what's on the other side there. And retirement is kind of like that. Not only can't we see what's on the other side, but once we go around that corner, we just don't have a different view, but we have a different perspective and we may think differently and feel differently. How do we help people process or understand that what they view pre-retirement may not necessarily be exactly what they want and think once they're finally retired? I encourage couples to have mental flexibility when it comes to this. And, you know, prior to, so our 20s, 30s, 40s, maybe even 50s, we're really set on long-term goals, hopefully, right? Those longer-term goals of like 10, maybe 15 years. But as we move into this later chapter of retirement, it's actually important to have more short-term goals. And to be able to do that, it requires you to have a good deal of mental flexibility. Our later chapters are filled with a lot of transition. Um, you know, there are medical issues that are, are that arise, um, death, loss, grief, um, all of those things can and are not can be, but are a part of that chapter. And so having flexibility mentally to know the decisions that I make now, I can see us doing that for maybe the next three years or three to five. But then at that point, you know, I need to always be kind of reevaluating or giving myself the permission and freedom to change my mind or to adjust. It's a great way to look at the the length of the goals. We're so driven by the destination when when we're working and we probably should focus more on the journey. But I think for a lot of us, we're just wired to think to the future and, and we need to do that. We need to plan for that. But what I think I just heard you say is that the more disruptive a change is or the more dramatic a change is, we have to shorten our goals with a much shorter time frame because we're just not sure what it's going to look like over the next few years. Correct. And, you know, I've worked with, there's um, a client that stands out to me in particular where she thought that she wanted to be the type of grandma in retirement that stayed home and helped her daughter 
uh, caretake for her grandchildren. And so after two years of doing this, she realized that this was actually, it was actually pretty miserable uh, doing it. She wanted more freedom watching and being a full-time caregiver full-time caregiver for her grandchildren, you know, during those working hours for her daughter. Well, it certainly helped, you know, her daughter, and this is what she thought she wanted, what she started to realize is that she really wanted freedom. So she wanted to be a grandma, a present grandma that was active, but she really also wanted freedom. And so, you know, she is just a great example of being able to give flexibility to yourself and that permission to change your mind. And as you said, I think earlier too, knowing that what you want at the beginning (laughs) may not be what you want as you get into it. If you explain to people how important it is to communicate and think through this, I think most people would agree, yes, this is important to do this, but a much smaller percentage actually do it. What do you think it is that holds people back from discussing their hopes with a partner or spouse? I think it's scary. I think it's vulnerable. Uh, I think to discuss hopes and dreams and meaning lends itself to possible rejection from their partner. And we're not really wired that way uh, to take those kind of emotional risks. Uh, our brain is designed to help us, you know, first survive uh, and keep us safe. And that even includes emotionally too. And so if we have not previously practiced taking those emotional risks, sharing hopes and dreams with our partner and having those conversations, and you wait until all of a sudden you're you know, in later chapters, then it's going to be even harder to do. So it requires a good deal of courage to be able to talk with your partner about those hopes and dreams. But I think, and what I see is the thing that holds people back is really oftentimes a lot of fear of rejection, fear that their partner won't be on the same page. And then they're left with that decision of, well, then what do we do? Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, not being on the same page, because I think that's that would be quite a challenge. So maybe I want to spend some time on the beach and playing tennis. And then my wife says, well, I want a little farm in the country where I can grow vegetables and take care of animals. And uh, we may look at the two and realize we aren't even close on this. What do we do if there's so much divergence between the goals to the point that it could potentially create conflict? So how I work with couples who maybe have those more extreme divergent goals, you've got the farm with lots of land and let's just say condo at the beach, right? Uh, You know, what we talk about or what I talk about with couples is let's really kind of decide what's important. Is it actually having land or is it being able to spend more time kind of in nature? Or if a vegetable garden is important, can you have a vegetable garden, but maybe perhaps in a different location? Oftentimes, you know, when we get down and kind of funnel down into like the nitty gritty of it, couples want to be on the same page uh, and they want the same similar things, I should say. Um, I, I don't often see where couples are so divergent on their goals that then it lends them to, you know, splitting up or going their separate ways. But it does require talking about what's actually at the root of it from an emotional standpoint. Is it freedom? Is it space? Um, Is it, you know, uh, greater autonomy? What have you? Um, This is where, you know, financial planners, I love working with financial planners because they can really help in co-creating these goals for couples. Uh, But being able to do that requires you to come to the table and talk about it uh, so that then resentments don't set in uh, between between the partners. So why don't we 
talk a little bit about that then. I know you use the word congruence. I read your newsletters. I listen to you and you talk about goal congruence. Let's talk about what that looks like and what that supportive environment really is. Yeah, we talk about goal support and goal conflict. And so, you know, couples who maybe have different opinions on um, what they want their goals to be, let's just say top five, um, and maybe there's some varying degree of difference there in terms of priority, having support and having um, a lesser degree of conflict is really important in both partners actually being able to win. Um, And maybe win isn't the best word here, but both partners being able to obtain the things that they want from a goal standpoint um goal support really looks like a lot of verbal support um but also physical um and perhaps even financial support as well oftentimes i'll hear couples where one partner says well i support them in whatever they do but they don't back that by their actions um or even their level of uh maybe agreement in financially allocating money to being able to support their partner in whatever their goal may be so Having, you know, support is really important when it comes to, um, you know, navigating, you know, not only just congruence, but also minimizing distress uh, and discord between partners. To the same degree, goal conflict can look like unintentionally sometimes sabotaging uh, one partner's uh, goals. Uh, And so I say unintentionally because oftentimes it's not, um, you know, done with malice or to hurt the person, um, but it could be maybe withholding um, either physical support uh, or being very rigid uh, in terms of their view or mentality around um, prioritizing their other partner's goal. And it can come across in terms of maybe perhaps sabotaging the other partner's um, you know, desire to go and do or achieve whatever it is that they want to do. So we look at goal support and goal conflict as being two really important factors when it comes to clients um, or couples uh, being able to move through the process of coming together and creating shared goals. It's a great explanation. And again, jokingly, I wish I knew this 32 years ago. Uh, however, I probably wouldn't have known what to do with it. So now at this <laughs> stage in my life, I actually can process and think, how can I apply this? So I, I appreciate you being on the show and sharing, and we look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, Ross. Thank you for listening to Shaping Change with Ross Marino. This show is for general information purposes only and is not intended to provide recommendations or advice. Speak with a legal, tax, or financial advisor before making any decisions. Past performance references are historical and do not guarantee future results.